It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great P-Man here with you. Patrick Johnson, Ben B-Baby Byram is your uh, producer extraordinaire. Best of the business, baby. It's why he's got a gold belt. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hit that cut. It's why he lives on the big house on the big side of town, as Ric Flair would say. I wish. I wish. Instead, I live in a box down by the river. (laughs) <laughs> better than a van yeah better than a van river although the van you can move if you need it to no the box the, the yeah. van provides the van pr- provides some agility uh it allows you to be agile in a sense i guess uh you good i am good yeah I, I mean there was some baseball stuff today and you, you know how i feel about that but other than that we got through it so I'm ready to go. You looked attentive today. You were you were all over it. I, I I thought our staff, as they always do, covered it unlike anybody. We were there not only on time but early. We had a mob. And there. I don't say I don't say that we were there early because we're usually late. I'm just saying we were actually there when we were supposed to be. We were kind of scary looking. I didn't hear no well, look from anybody. A, we got us a crew now. I was there. I'd say Sonny, since he's an IBX Media alum, would yeah, be on our roster, fair. right? Yeah. I agree we got with that. two tight ends on the roster. We can run double tights now. We got Sonny. Uh, we've got uh, uh, our guy Joe Sampson, who met Sonny today. That was kind of a the future meeting the uh, the yeah. past. Yeah, I, I got I got a lot of praise for Joe. Joe's Joe's going to do great things. Joe's good. I like Joe. And uh, we had our guy Mississippi there. I, I think Mississippi's just holding down a chair, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, was there. Yeah, he 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 was there for the free food. That's fine. <laughs> That's all right. I was there, too, for that. Yeah. And then uh, you were there, of course. Uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. He's got him a little tripod now, I noticed. Oh, yeah. Ref is ref. Ref is like that. That's <laughs> He waits for that all year. I mean, that is like his Super Bowl right there. He's Oh, it's no, fun it was to see him in his element. Today. It's fun, it's it fun was, to see him in his element. Oh, uh, he was talking to all the people. He's a glad hander. And then uh, Cookie was there doing a great job on the on the Facebook. And, uh, well, actually the Twitter, he didn't bother to post. When Josh Moylan came up, he's like, who's that guy? And I was like, I don't even know who that is. Is that Josh, Josh Moylan? He had a different look today, didn't he? I don't even know how to describe it. It was quite the look. His hair's kind of grown out. It was, it was curly. It was almost like a perm. It was almost like a perm. It It was was kind of like a perm. It was like a character you'd see in a movie. It really was. It it had a boy. They have some, I'll say this. Sonny and I were talking about it afterwards. The the guys on that team all seem like pretty good guys. I'm talking about the players. Yeah, all see Cliff Godwin should be very proud. Their their family should be proud because they all seem like really solid cats. And I'm going to say this about our, our guy Cliff Godwin. We love Cliff Godwin. Uh, he looked very good today. 
And I think a lot, he was really great with the media and he very relaxed. And I think a lot of it is, you know, he had a knee replacement and he's feeling a little bit better. Well, so have you ever had like a nagging injury that just caused a bunch of pain? No, I've lived a privileged life. I've, I've never broken a bone except for some fingers. So, so, I mean, I know people that have chronic, you know, problems back and other things. It right? can't be good. Yeah. That can't feel good. If you're in constant pain, it is not, I mean, it, it, it wears on you. Yeah, no. And he just looked, he looked better today. You know, if, if you're in a situation where you're in pain constantly, it, it can really impact your disposition and I mean, it just, it, it really can, can grind you down. Well, yeah. I mean, and you, so I, you got the grind of a season, you're traveling all the time. You have a lot of games. Well, I'm not even talking yeah. about that. I'm just talking about, a, what, you know, you factored a, a all that chronic other stuff perpetual in. injury. You fat, you factor yeah. all that st other stuff in. I mean, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to wear on you. I mean, it's, it's going to be evident too. So I think this will be an interesting team. Maybe not the type of power that they had last year. Uh, I think this will be a, I could see this group being a good situational hitting kind, kind, kind of team. That's easy. I could see this team. Yeah. I, but I mean, like really, really good. Yeah. I think, um, I think Benjamin that, um, the pitching's going to be the roles will be more defined on pitch in, as far as pitching. The sophomore class is going to be impressive pitching wise, and I think where they have some question marks, particularly at short and a couple of young freshmen battling there, they have it to where if the you know freshmen scuffle at any point or, or it doesn't work out, they have some some players they can place in there, and those players may very well be at short. But I think it's a it's a two or three horse race right now. Go ahead. One of my big takeaways from media day, and you don't see this necessarily at basketball or football when you talk to the individual players, but each player had a very interesting individual goal for themselves that they wanted to accomplish. Um, that that that's for the benefit of the team as well. It wasn't just for themselves, but right, they had a very specific right, yeah. goal that not only benefits them but the team. And I thought that was very interesting to see. All these different guys had very different uh, goals that they wanted to accomplish, and it was kind of neat to see that because. You know, when you go to basketball and football, I don't mean to knock on them, but they get the coach to speak of, hey, I'm just trying to do what's best for the team. These guys actually had goals very specific to them that also would help the team, and I like that. I, I thought it was really good. A lot of personality today up and down the roster, at least the guys that appeared. We'll hear from some of the players uh, later on, assistant coaches later on. We'll have some Cliff Godwin cuts today. Uh, we have basketball tomorrow. I'll be uh, on the ESPN Plus call, so – Ben will be in on the show. It's a 90-minute edition, which includes our Pirate Game Day countdown as we'll get you ready for ECU in Tulsa. Tulsa knocked off Tulane yesterday. Wow. Uh, or Saturday, excuse me. Uh, beat them at home. Now, they fouled uh, one of the Tulane players out, and I think Tulane was without their best post player. Was that Forbes so, or was that Cross? I think it was Forbes. Okay. Don't quote me on yeah. that. And, and then uh, Tulsa also hit some first half threes, seven of them. And Tulsa's got decent guard play. If if you know, you know how I think. If you've got good guards, how about Temple yesterday? Yeah, that knocking was big. off Houston in Houston. Yeah, I mean Temple's that... a weird team to figure out because they'll have a game like that, and then the next game it's like, what happened? You just beat the number one team in the country, and now you're struggling against I don't know Wichita State or something. 
Or you lose the wagon Tulsa, and then beat Villanova. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the that's the apt deal. Temple, in talking to their people coming into the uh, uh, the game here, it was late December. Yep. You know, they had had a very uneven, as you just kind of illustrated there, a very uneven um, non-conference preseason, play, yeah. pre-conference, non-con, yeah. And so the idea was we need to be right by the time we get to the conference tournament in Fort Worth because that's going to be our only entree into the into the dance. And look, I was on the UCF bandwagon firmly, but they lost the – Four on I four again, and had a couple of losses here that uh, are not real good. So they're probably an NIT kind of team right now. UCF. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, Temple's, no one was expecting. No, no, there's not preseason again no, in the tournament anyway. So right, but I thought they had. I, I thought they were a pretty good group and could be a team that would make the tournament, but. You got to win games. It's something I was getting at all year for UCF. They got a lot of Band-Aids on that team right now. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, they were using the portal to their advantage to kind of plug up some holes, but I think they're more sort of set for the next two or three years. They're looking – they're kind of looking ahead. They're trying to get their their young guys right, Hendricks and uh, the other guy, the other cat. Yeah, well, Hendricks won't be be there past – yeah, uh, yeah, April. obviously, but they're looking more towards the next year and the, the year following, and I'm interested to see how they would be. I expect them to be very good. Portal, so, portal allowing. So, uh, but but Temple can play defense, and that's the deal. Yep. Uh, the playoffs yesterday, obviously Cincinnati dominated. Uh, you know, pretty good game from Jacksonville losing at Kansas City, so it'll be KC and the Bengals again in the AFC. Uh, ben will give you the lines. Ben, you'll get those in the update. Yeah. Save them for the update. Uh, and then the NFC, obviously, I, I, I thought the Giants might would be a little more representative. I did too. Dare I say competitive, but obviously they were not. And, uh, you know, interesting game yesterday uh, or last night, probably not the greatest game I've ever witnessed, but, uh, you know, both defenses, particularly up front, really good. And... Uh, the Niners move on. At some point, Brock Purdy has got to kind of come to reality. Now, I understand, but he did make a couple of throws that were yeah, uh, that were pretty good throws. I mean, it, they're just not smoking, mirroring the whole thing. It helps that McCaffrey was awesome in the second half, but the offensive line played a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know, and you can't talk about that game without the uh, pathetic final attempt of a play that the Cowboys had drawn up. What was that? You have Zeke as your center. You got all your linemen to one side of the field, all your receivers to the other. I, I don't. Kellen Moore might have lost himself a head coaching gig with that one. That was awful. That's. I don't want him in Carolina. That's for sure. That was terrible. I think two out of the last three weeks he might have cost. Himself yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. That was coaching job. Ugh. I mean, yeah, not not good. Um. So uh, it'll be Philly and San Fran. I think I, I was telling uh, Sonny and some of the other guys in a meeting today, not our guys, but the TV guys, I think we've got – I think those, those two games are going to be really, really good uh, Absolutely, yeah. And usually the conference championship games are good. I mean, the last few years we haven't had too many bad ones. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And I, something's going to be different this year in the Super Bowl. It's going to be different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got some teams. I mean, might be the Niners' year, you know. I, and I'm okay they've with on, that. They've I knocked like the on the door. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's be nice to see him see get a ring. Um, we're going to give you tickets to tomorrow's men's basketball game, a family four-pack. We'll also give you tickets to a, the women's game Wednesday. How about ECU women winning um, on Saturday at uh, Wichita State? Another big road win. And uh, uh, Amaya Joyner named the freshman of the week again for a fourth time. I think fourth out of the last five weeks maybe, Ben. Uh, for Maya Joyner of Farmville winning the uh, Rookie of the Week in the American. So, uh, Danae McNeil made the honorable mention list this week after back-to-back Player of the Week honors. So, there you go. Uh, Kim McNeil's team's playing well. Men's tickets to the game tomorrow night. Women's tickets to the game on Sunday, or excuse me, Wednesday. That'll be a 6 o'clock tip. And then we've got uh, for you, ladies and gentlemen, a... um, uh, Chico's gift card, right, Ben? Chico's Mexican restaurant. Some margaritas. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. If you're caller five, you'll win that family four-pack of tickets to the Hoops game tomorrow night. We'll also give you a four-pack for you and the fam for Wednesday and a Chico's Mexican restaurant gift card. Be a caller. You'll be a winner. And when we come back, we'll delve into our pirate report, get some comments from uh, preseason media day for the baseball team. Coach Godwin speaking. We'll get uh, some of his statements. And, uh, yes, we will get into, as time allows, the Baycott sunglasses gate controversy. My my take has evolved on uh, this a little bit since yesterday. All right, we'll be back. Caller 5, you'll be a winner. 5-6-1, game. The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game. William and Winterville is our big winner today. Four-pack of ECU basketball tickets to the game tomorrow night. Uh, The women's game on uh, Wednesday at 6, and then a Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. William and Winterville, thank you for uh, calling. And congratulations on uh, winning, and welcome to the program. Appreciate you listening. Willie, are you there? All right. I will take it back so fast, William. (laughs) All right, William's obviously not there. Let's do today's Pirate Report. Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I see a second list here, but that's some other cuts we'll get to later. All right, here is uh, Coach Goddard. It was ECU Baseball Media Day. And this is uh, Coach Godwin, Cliff Godwin, with uh, his opening statement looking ahead to the season, which begins uh, three weeks from Friday. Good morning. Um, first off, just want to say thanks for coming. It always amazes me. It seems like we get more people in here each and every year, so I appreciate you guys uh, coming out and covering our guys and just our program, and it means a lot to me, obviously, being uh, alumni here. It, it's really special to see the uh, exposure we get and just the, the media presence, so thank you guys for that. 
Uh, to start with, uh, you know, it's exciting. You know, we get to start full team practice on Friday. We got our banquet on Saturday. You know, you really have about three weeks to, to play one another and get ready for our first game. So our guys are fired up. Um, they've done a really good job. Uh, this has been a good of a team as far as showing up and going about their business the right way. Um, it, it's been really refreshing as a head coach when your assistant coaches and your players, man, they're just showing up each and every day with a ton of intent and energy and executing what we ever throw at them. And it's been really nice to see. All right. Uh, and uh, Coach talked about uh, starting off strong compared to last season. And he's talking about what they've done in the preseason. Last year, there was just a lot of distractions, man, to be honest with you. And, and everybody, I'm sure, wants to point to you know, us lo losing one of our best players. But there was a lot of distractions behind the scenes you guys didn't see and uh, a lot of drama, to be quite honest with you. And it was a lot to manage. I thought our guys, once they decided to play as one unit, did a really good job. And that was the, the fun part. You know, the 20-game winning streak, you know, a lot of people will call and say, hey, what, what did you say to them? And I said – I didn't say anything to him. I just got step step back and got out of the way and let him play baseball, and and that was really fun to be a part of. Uh, more from Coach Godwin as uh, he talks about uh, players on the team who have uh, accepted a leadership role. Charlie Hodges did a really good last year behind the scenes. You know, a lot of people didn't see him because he was hurt with Tommy John surgery, but he was pretty much our pitching coach uh, in the bullpen. He's done a really good job, and, and then you've got the older guys. When you, when you have guys like Carter Spivey, Garrett Saylor, Lane Hoover, guys that have been in your program five years, uh, AMAC, uh, Carter Cunningham's done a really good job. It's been really, like I said, is we put stuff down on paper, and they go about their business like their coaches. They hold one another accountable. And really, this day and age, that, that's unheard of because there's so much selfishness out there and what what is it in for me and how much NIL money am I going to get and you know coach yelled at me yesterday so that, that's been the real refreshing part about this team is they've just shown up and gone about their business uh, I, I don't I'm sure they've seen the rankings but nothing has changed since rankings have come out with the way they've approached their day to day so uh, once again that's really refreshing as a head coach. Uh, more from uh, Coach Godwin on today's Pirate Report. Uh, he talked about this uh, group being a collective unit. I think it was a collective unit last year. Uh, you know, uh, Ben Newton really took uh, upon himself to kind of go over game notes each and every day before we would play a game, and, and Coach Manor helped out with that. Uh, I, I think this group has taken uh, really a – you know, it's every team's different, and they've taken on their own mantra, uh, and, and that's the thing that even back to the fall, you know, they got a three six two team GPA, and they just showed up and competed every day at practice. So that was good to see. Uh, I guess he was talking about last year eventually becoming a collective unit. I remember this, Ben, but I don't remember it exactly. Was he talking? He was talking about. Just guys they lost, maybe? what's different from oh, this okay. team compared uh, okay. to last year's? You know, that typical question. There you go. All right. This might have been the point, the, the point in the proceedings where I was overwhelmed by something that was making me cough. So oh, I can't come remember. come on now. <laughs> I'm no just saying. I mean, it, no smoking allowed in the locker room. <sighs> Somebody didn't get the memo. The, um... It was very hot in there, too. All right, Parker Bird 
Obviously, we have chronicled that young man's uh, miraculous story. And Parker Bird talked about, uh, or Cliff Godwin talked about Parker Bird and the impact that he has had on this on this uh, edition of the Pirates. Seeing Parker Bird come to the facility and just, uh, you know, with a smile on his face and him being at practice when he can, when he doesn't have PT and stuff. I mean, if that doesn't, you know, put things into perspective, then I don't know if you've got a pulse. So that's been, you know, awesome. I mean, he makes me better. He makes our team better. Um, obviously, it was a very tragic moment. But I tell you what, of, of all the people it could ever happen to, he's taken and ran in a very positive way. And he's not just affecting our team. He's affecting people all around the country in a positive way. Uh, as far as a timetable for – because Parker Bird has is, is made no bones about it. He wants to become the first college baseball player with a prosthetic uh, leg to to play. So is there a timetable for Bird's, you know, uh, eventuality of, of attempting that? Uh, Cliff Godwin gave this answer. I think that's something that is tough to put a timetable on. The thing that Jeff and I talked about originally was to make him part-time. So he was a part-time student in the fall. He'll be a part-time <laughs> student in the spring, so his clock doesn't start uh, for his eligibility. Um, you know, he just got his prosthetic uh, right before Christmas. What a great Christmas present. And it's not something, and probably I was a little bit naive, it's not something that, hey, when you get a prosthetic, you just put it on and, man, you're going. Um, you know, you got to get that area uh, toughened where you can uh, have the prosthetic on. you got to get those quad muscles strong. So it was a process for him to be able to wear it for the entire day. And then I think once he continues to, you know, get that leg strong, I think you probably even get into a probably more dynamic prosthetic. And so all that's a process. But I wouldn't bet against him. I tell people all the time, you know, people say, hey, is he going to be? I, say, I wouldn't bet against him. I just see the way he works and the attitude he has. All right, uh, this is, uh, and this will probably be the last one we do in this segment. We'll come back with some more uh, cuts for you from uh, Cliff Godwin today for ECU Baseball Media Day. Another exciting day at uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium to, to begin the uh, 2023 season. Uh, this is Coach Godwin with uh, the players that he expects to uh, show some market improvement, take a leap this year, if you will. I look at Carter Cunningham. I think Carter, you know, came in last year and probably put a lot of pressure on himself. On himself, he was really good friends with Zach Agnos. He was kind of in Zach's shadow a little bit. Uh, this year, he's taken a very professional approach about the way he goes about his business and just trying to be the best version of himself. He's been a really good leader. Um, he's kind of taken Dixon Williams under his wing because they both hit left-handed. He's just been another assistant coach on the field. Um, you know, Hoove is Hoove. Uh, JC, we're still trying to get him to take on more leadership roles. Uh, Ryan McChrystal and Justin Wilcoxon, I think, have made big jumps as far as being two elite catchers behind the plate. And pitching-wise, Charlie Hodges, he's a wild card for me because he's probably 14, 15 months out of Tommy John. In the fall, he pitched a little bit at the back end. But when it was about a year out, you just your command's not as good, and we're worried about your arm health. But now he's really coming. I think the sophomore class of pitchers that were freshmen last year, all of those guys have made big jumps. 
you look at Jake Hunter, uh, Eric Ritchie, Merrick Beaker. Uh, I really don't count Trey Savage in that group because he pitched a lot for us, but even him, he's made big jumps um, into the standpoint that, you know, you possibly could see him as a starter. So that's the one thing about our program, and I give all the credit to our assistant coaches, is they develop guys that are in a program. If the guys are willing to work and stick it out, then they get better. And Coach Knight's done a great job with the pitchers. <laughs> Coach Palumbo and Coach Bortles have done a great job with position players to develop those guys to, um, you know, really allow their talents to come to the top. Okay, we'll have more from Coach Godwin coming up in just a little bit. Uh, right now, Ben B-Baby Byram with a uh, 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update right now. Thanks, Patrick. ECU Baseball held their annual media day earlier today. Coach Godwin talking to the media talks about Carter Spivey, the reigning AAC Player of the Year, and what he's done in the offseason. Spivey's just gone about his business as he did last year, you know, when nobody really expected anything of him. And we, we all know how that turned out. And um, He's been through a lot of adversity here. Nobody will remember it, especially after last year. But for him to, you know, come back and, and really want to be a part of our team when he could have went somewhere else, that means the world to me. And uh, our teammates see that, and they respect him for that. And he's uh, continued to get better with Coach Knight. So definitely, you know, he'll have the opportunity to, you know, pitch on Friday nights for us. Uh, there's still a few weekends here to see that competition unfold. But from ECU football, two ECU football players or former ECU football players were joined Holton Aylers in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. CJ Johnson, his former Conley teammate, and Noah Henderson, the offensive lineman, will join Holton this Saturday on the NFL Network and the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. ECU wins basketball is rolling right now as they defeated the Wheat Shockers over the week- weekend in Wichita for the first time ever in program history, 66-57, to the final score from Saturday. They're back in action tomorrow, or actually Wednesday night at 6 o'clock at Menji's Coliseum as they host Memphis. Two players honored on the AAC's weekly honor roll as Amaya Joyner, the freshman from Farmville Central, was named the Freshman Player of the Week in the conference, while Danae McNeil was given or announced to the weekly honor roll. Moving on from the NFL as we wrap up some playoff action yesterday. The Cowboys have been sent home by San Francisco for the second straight season. The Niners knocked off the Dallas Cowboys 19-12 in the divisional round of the playoffs in Santa Clara. Dallas has lost seven straight games in the divisional round, which is the longest streak by any team since 1970. Team owner Jerry Jones said after the game that head coach Mike McCarthy's job is not in jeopardy. That's a shocker. The Niners will take on Philadelphia on Sunday in the NFC Championship game. The opening line for that game has the Niners actually the underdogs in that game by one and a half points that's set to kick off this Sunday at three o'clock in Philadelphia taking a look at the other end of things the the Panthers or excuse me before we even get into that the FC title game in Kansas City against the Chiefs or as the Chiefs will host Cincinnati who knocked off Buffalo yesterday opening lines for that game in Kansas City have Cincinnati favored by two and a half points. Now taking a look at the Carolina Panthers. They wrapped up their interview earlier today with former New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton. Panthers are continuing their search for a new head coach. Carolina completed interviews with Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey and New York Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka over the weekend. They joined Jim Caldwell at Hero Avero. I don't know who that is. Frank Reich, Shane Steichen, 
and Steve Wilkes as coaches to be interviewed for the vacancy along with Sean Payton. Pirate basketball returns to the home floor tomorrow night at 7 against Tulsa. East hasn't played since losing to Temple in Philly last week. Golden Hurricane knocked off Tulane at home on Saturday. Meanwhile, Kansas' Damian Dunn made a foul shot late, and Temple made a couple of big defensive plays in the closing seconds as the Owls upset number one Houston 56-55 yesterday. Duke is hitting the hardwood tonight. The Blue Devils are visiting Virginia Tech in ACC action. Duke is coming off a two-point win over Miami. has won three of its last four games to move 14-5. Tomorrow, North Carolina visits Syracuse. The Turtles have won three in a row to move 14-6. Elsewhere, NC State will host Notre Dame. The Wolfpack had their four-game win streak snacked by UNC over the weekend. NC State is currently 15-5. Sophomore guard Terquavian Smith has been released from the hospital. Smith was stretchered off the court in Saturday's loss to UNC following a hard foul. The projected first-round pick is returned to Raleigh after all x-rays taken were negative. Smith is listed as day-to-day on the injury report. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. This 94th of the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. We are more from Cliff Godwin from ECU Baseball Media Day that comes on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Willie Fritz saying he wants to uh, finish his career at Tulane. He wants to retire there. Uh, that is uh, what he's telling a local station in New Orleans today. You believe him? Makes sense. Yeah, no. I, you say I coaches he, are liars. <clears throat> well, they are. Um, he had his chance to go and uh, he did not. Now, granted, it was Georgia Tech, and that is a bleep show in Atlanta. They have, they're cash-strapped. Uh, it's a tough job for a lot of reasons, so it made sense that... Uh, why would you want to leave a tough job for a, a tough job, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when right now you're at the top of a you're at the top of the standings in your current league where there you you're in the bottom of the standings and, and have to really work your way up. All right. Uh speaking of the ACC, I'm sure y'all uh were paying attention as uh many of us were to what uh, happened to the Greenville native, Turquavion Smith, the Farmville Central alum. Took a, a hard foul. It was uh, an F two. Is that did I have that right? Flagrant two. Flagrant two. Yep. I'm sorry. Flagrant yes, two. Flagrant. And uh, Leaky Black, who's been in Chapel Hill for 17 years, uh, ejected from the game. Uh, I had no problem with the, uh, the the what was issued as far as the foul and that. And I had no problem with the play. I didn't think it was a dirty play either. Uh, you hated the fact that Smith fell to the ground and. Did so in a manner that really injured him badly. He had to be stretchered out. You know, it was encouraging that he was moving his legs. Uh, and then Armando Baycott had uh, a pair of sunglasses on. Remember the cut we had a few weeks ago? Maybe a week before, wasn't it, Ben, with uh, Turquavion Smith? Yeah, with the glasses uh, on, yeah. You know, talking to, yeah, with the sunglasses on. And that, I think that's a little thing that State does. Now, look, the Wolfpack, and, and look, this is uh, enemy on enemy crime, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know, the, the thing to me is, that's very interesting, uh, is 
you know, the pack always are kind of talking their, their jive. They go to Chapel Hill and then they get uh, smacked, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the way of the world now, right? That's, in recent uh, yeah. times. I mean, that's been NC State. It feels like every year they, they have a strong start and then fizzle out. Or they're just really well, bad. Well, they, they go to Chapel Hill. And, yeah, they, they go to Chapel Hill and get hammered. And that's just, I mean, again, the way it has been in in recent history. And, uh, you know, I thought it was unfortunate. I, you know, the fans booing. I mean, I, if you expect a whole lot out of that fan base at Chapel Hill, you're you're a little delusional. It's, it's, really, not a, not it's a, really any fan base in the triangle for that matter. All of them are just, I mean, they're pointing the finger. It's like that Spider-Man meme with the three Spider-Mans. I mean, they're all the same. In their own way, they have a lot of things in common, yes. They're, they're, they are. There's a little difference, but I... You know, the UNC fan base gets a, a pass, as does UNC, from, from the media in the state. Well, a I mean, lot of them went there. That's I'm, why. I mean, it's a big journalism right. school, I'm, so, I'm, yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm just spitting facts here. Oh, absolutely. At least a, a factually based opinion, I'll say that. So, I mean, they, they do get a pass on a lot of things. And, and, I mean, everybody, Duke's meteoric success in basketball which frankly surpassed UNC's um, in many ways is the reason why, you know, people nationally hate Duke. Uh, they probably don't like UNC, but UNC is more of the state's, you know, the, the, the fan base is the state. It's, it's not the national fan base. Anyway, I, I'm getting down a path that uh, I didn't mean to get down here. So this is uh, Armando Baycott, who had a pair of sunglasses on after. And, uh, you know, he was saying, you kind of know why. And then he was asked to elaborate on it. What is this courtesy of, uh, Ben? Who, who did this? Carolina Blitz. What, what site was this posted on? Carolina, Carolina Blitz. Blitz on yep. Twitter? Yep. Okay. All right. Here, here's the audio cut I'm sure you've seen. But for those of you that have not. Armando, you said we know why you're wearing the glasses. So I'm assuming that you saw the video. Yeah, um, also, too, I just want to uh, say a prayer for Tequavian, too. I want to make sure he's straight. And I mean, Tequavian is a great player, cool guy, but I definitely wanted to poke a little fun at him, man. We'll see him again, too. I see your glasses are Prada, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these Prada glasses. <laughs> I was going to wear my black ones, but uh, Deja Kelly, she lost them. So. But she ordered me a new pair. And you just hear the chumminess of the media and UNC there. But, you know, if you are mad at Baycott on this, where have you been? This is Baycott's M.O. When State beat Duke a few weeks ago in basketball, he said, go State. I mean, Baycott is a is a trash talker in the media. Now, he's he's being called out here because to do what a lot of people thought was kind of mocking Terquavion Smith after he was stretchered off. And at the time of this interview, there was no idea what Terquavion Smith, his condition was. Again, his legs were moving, so that led you to believe that there was not paralysis, but you didn't know how badly hurt he was at this point. So I, I understand the part of, you know, this is kind of a viewed as a, a, you know, a little bit of a classless move, but th again, this is the book on Baycott. He, and, I mean, he, he proudly... Talk, takes jabs and, and talks jive. He's backed it up. And he'll back it up next year when he's playing in China or Turkey Turkey or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really. But, I mean, he's he's not a, an NBA pro by any stretch. But, I mean, that's fine. He's a hell of a player. He's your typical 
college big at a big college basketball school that he's not going to make it pro, but he's perfect for that kind of system. He's the perfect college basketball big prototype at one of those blue bloods. So I find them both at fault here. I mean, for the state fans to get their an uproar about this, I mean, somebody said this to me today. This is not my quote, but I, I like kind of the way they said it. This is a very respected person in, in basketball. And they said <laughs> that there's an infer- inferiority complex for everybody who's ever coached, played, or rooted at NC State. And this person is not a UNC person by any by any stretch. And I just I thought that was fun. I thought yeah, it's kind of spot on in a way. And look, I understand Baycott wanted to get his receipts, but you know, another place, another time, right? We didn't know what Turquavion's status was at that point, and I really doubt Baycott did as well. Now, for all the UNC nerds on Twitter that are posting a picture TMZ style of Turquavion Smith. Let's assume it was. He was in the bar later that night. Kevin Keats tells us something here that seems to indicate he wasn't, but let's just assume he was out, right? Why are we not celebrating the fact that he's okay? Why Why are you calling a kid out because he was stretchered off, and if he was out and about, I mean, shouldn't we be happy that he was fine and not badly hurt? Yeah, why are we... Why are we calling him out for doing things that kids do that age? Literally, that's what I was and doing. Sh- that's what I was you doing said Saturday before night. The, well, I mean, but you said before we went on the air, he was if that was indeed a picture from this Saturday, he was out celebrating that yeah, he could walk. Absolutely, yes. I got stretchered out of the game. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank yeah. God I could still play. I could still walk around, and I'm all right. I'm healthy. But these nerds in baby blue on – Twitter were just losing their minds. They're the same ones and that so, said, like, the, the in the national championship game, the floor was, like, given or something. I think Baycott uh, fed yeah, a little bit I into just, that, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, well, you know, always an excuse. I know. It's, they're, they're, again, don't expect a lot from the fan base. All right, so here is, uh, I don't believe that this was a legit picture. I'm not saying I'm not doubting the validity of the picture or that that was Turquavia. I don't know, and I, and, and I don't care. But let's hear what Kevin Keats had to say this morning, and you tell me, Ben, if Turquavion was out or not on Saturday night based on this comment. You know, we didn't do much. Um, he spent a lot of time, um, obviously, with our uh, trainer and medical staff uh, yesterday. Um, it was a just a, it was a tough, I would say, 24 hours. Um, you know, seeing him laying on the floor like he was and obviously being able not to move as much as, you know, we would like him to, um, got back, um, you know, late after the game, uh, the next, you know, next morning we try to get him in where we could get him, you know, some attention to, you know, f- you know, figure out, you know, what was going on with him. We didn't take the court yesterday. We did a lot of film stuff. And, and so I haven't been able to really get him out on the floor to even determine where he's at. I just know he's really, really sore right now. Um, I would say it'll it'll be a game time decision, um, but you know it's it's going to be tough because it, you know I don't I don't even know if he can shoot the basketball at this moment. You know he fell on his his it was more of his um, right elbow on his shooting hand, and so you know I'll know a little bit more later on today, uh, first thing tomorrow, right up until game time probably. Now again, 
I don't know. But do you think, does that sound like a guy that was in, uh, does that sound like a guy that was? Uh, no, no. I mean, based on, now he may have been, I don't know. But if he could walk, might not be able to shoot a basketball, but he could go out and talk to the honeys. He's a kid. Let him do his thing. He's in college. Everybody else he was did the excited. Same thing. He, he was excited. He wasn't killed. I, look, I'll guarantee you, UNC players were at top of the hill or wherever the hell they go there on Franklin Street. We'll grab a break and we'll come back and close with some comments from Coach Godwin. And did we find out who's on the coach's show, Ben? Is it uh, Coach? Just, uh, just Coach Schwartz. Just Coach Schwartz no tonight players. on uh, Inside ECU Athletics. Okay, well that's good. Uh, we'll have that for you at the top of the hour. We'll get set to wrap things up right after this. Dan Patrick mornings Adam Gold middays Patrick Johnson on the way home The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation Is heard right here right, let's go. 94.3 The Game The flagship station of the ECU Pirates And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson show Is coming up Uh, baseball three weeks from Friday. Is that right, Ben? Sure. Yeah. Sure, we'll call it that. I believe it is. Uh, a couple more quotes from uh, Coach Godwin today as the Pirates uh, had their preseason media day for the 2023 season. Uh, Coach Godwin talking pitching depth. Our pitching depth's a lot better. You know, that that's not something, and, and Coach Knight would tell you this, i tell you this, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like having openers but last year we had to do what was necessary to give our team a chance to win and I think um, not to give myself credit is but we just talked to the pitchers last year about everybody being a closer and if you can just go out there and throw one inning then we'll give the ball to somebody else and it allowed our guys to have confidence and really uh, a selfless attitude and they didn't really care when they pitched. They knew that a lot of them, if they were healthy, they were going to have a chance to, to go out there and pitch. So, But, yes, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you'd like to put out a Friday, Saturday, Sunday starting rotation. We could see multiple faces at the shortstop position. We'll have a very quality guy that runs out there, but you might see multiple faces. Um, you know, Joey Barini really in the you know first few weeks we've been back has done a great job. Uh, he's playing with a lot more confidence. Um, Coach Palumbo's done a great job with him, uh, continuing to get him better defensively. Uh, Connor Rasmussen, same thing. Him and Nate Chrisman both have continued to develop as freshmen with Coach Palumbo and, and look a lot better. Um, and Amac could go over there. I mean, Dixon Williams has done a good job at third third base. Uh, Amac's one of the best defenders in the country, I would say, at third base. But he also can play shortstop. So you could see a lot of different guys, and, and those guys need to just be the best versions of themselves because they all kind of bring a little bit something else to the table. Um, they're all different in, in their own way. Uh, Coach Godwin on Carter Spivey. Spivey's just gone about his business as he did last year, you know, when nobody really expected anything of him. And we, we all know how that turned out. And um, he's been through a lot of adversity here. Nobody will remember it, especially after last year. But for him to, you know, come back and, and really want to be a part of our team when he could have went somewhere else, that means the world to me. And uh, our teammates see that and they respect him for that. And he's uh, continued to get better with Coach Knight. So definitely 
you know, he'll have the opportunity to, you know, pitch on Friday nights for us. Uh, there's still a few weekends here to see that competition unfold. But um, just having a guy that's a fifth-year senior that has been out there in pretty much every situation you can imagine um, and had success and then also had not success early in his career. So uh, that gives us a comfort level. And uh, Coach Godwin on the offensive lineup this year. I think our offensive lineup will be very similar this year. You know, there'll be a lot of guys that can hit five to 10. We never expected somebody to hit 20 last year, but we felt like there were some guys that hit five to 10 and some double digit guys. And um, I feel like our offense will do the same this year. We'll have some guys that can run, some guys that will hit doubles, and then some guys that hit home runs as well. You know, they uh, said that the lineup was a little lefty dominated last year. Uh, it'll be even more so this season, it appears. I don't know if we're going to be very balanced offensively. We have a lot of left-handed hitters. We'll have more left-handed hitters this year in the lineup than we did last year, uh, at least initially, I feel like. Um, Amax actually dealing with a, a little bit of a wrist injury that doesn't allow him to hit right-handed right now, so that puts it even more left-handed dominant. Um, but he's good to hit left-handed. He's good to throw. He's good to take ground balls, so that's a positive of it. We just got to see how that wrist uh, reacts as we continue to get closer to the season. But we'll definitely be left-handed dominant. And for the final uh, cut for today, an update on transfer portal players for the Pirates. Childress is still uh, kind of up in the air. He's still ba battling some arm stuff. Uh, Tyler Brock from VMI has looked really good, and Willie Lumpkin from Winthrop has looked really, really good. The, the thing that has been the most important thing to me is that they've really fit in well with our guys and have really bought into our culture. Uh, the portal will not be somewhere that we live. Uh, we'll, you know, pick up a piece here and there if we need to in a situation where the draft hurt us a little bit last year. Um, and those guys have done a tremendous job. All right, that'll do it for uh, today's expanded Pirate Report as we recap ECU basketball. Uh, Coach Matson also going to be on with uh, Mike yes, Sports today. Nick Matson, good guy. So uh, glad to hear that. I like Nick a lot. Uh, Hey, hang in there with this basketball team, folks. I know it's a tough stretch right now, but, uh, you know, give them some support. Winnable game tomorrow. Hope a good crowd will be out there. Uh, thanks to our crew. Great job today. Intern Dom, Cookie, the ref, and, of course, Ben, uh, Joe Sampson. Got to meet Sonny today. Uh, all right, uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben will be in for me. I'll be on ESPN Plus for Hoops tomorrow. And then back Wednesday for a midweek edition of the PJ Show. More pirate baseball as we go through uh, the next few days. Some sights and sounds from that on our social media. So check it out there. And uh, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. Broke my heart, but I love it just to see now. Hush, hush, I thought I heard.